Hello from Stockholm and welcome to A Woman's Place. I'm Samanda Ekman and this podcast is a collaboration between The Local and Invest Stockholm. The original piece of music at the beginning was composed by the Stockholm band Rain. Check out the podcast notes if you want to hear more from them. My understanding of... Uh, Uh, robotics or robots is close to non-existent right now. To me, it's still like this abstract idea. Robots going to drive our cars or what's going to happen in the future. But uh, what I do understand is that the field of robotics is rapidly growing. Uh, and just like many other fields in the tech industry, women are, of course, also drawn to be part of making robots. Uh, and today we're going to look into what it's like being a woman in robotics here in Stockholm. And robotics is a branch of technology which deal with design, construction and operation of robots. Today uh, we're joined by Jana Tumova and uh, Jolanda Leit, who are both assistant professors in the robotics department at Stockholm, KTH, Royal Institute of Technology. Welcome. Thank hey, you. Thanks. And you both work with uh, technology and, and robots. My first question is, what are some of the most common questions you get from people when you say what you work with, that you work with robots? Okay, so um, in particular, um, what I work with social robots. So a lot of times people think, oh, social robots, robots that interact with people and, you know, will steal all our jobs and will um, be able to do all these things and we humans are not. So there's a lot of like these disaster questions about will, when will robots take over the world and so on. What do you answer? But, uh, it will take a really long time and it probably is not going to happen. Um, but that's one of the, the main things. So, you know, if you work in a research area that uh, is aimed at a greater, for example, to cure cancer or something, you don't typically have to explain it quite well. But it, it, once you, in, in robotics, for example, quite often you need to make people see what robots could be useful for. Um, and so that's some of the, the initial questions that uh, I got quite often. Jana, I don't know about you. Same set of questions. So when will the robots take over? When will they take all of our jobs? Uh, how can you work on such research? So people are suspicious and scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they are. But it's, uh, you know, we are talking a little bit about science fiction robotics here, right? This is This is something that is far, far away in future, but... The most simple robots you meet every day without actually realizing it. Your vacuum cleaners, probably. That's the robot I work with the most. My robotic vacuum cleaner. Yeah, so we don't see the robots we have around us. No, we we kind of like don't perceive how they are helping us already. We are scared about the future, the distant future, I think. How do you... Uh relax people in this issue when they are worried? Well, yeah, the first thing I think it's to inform them about the applications where these robots can help people, like they can vacuum or your floor, or they can assist the elderly because there's not enough... Uh, um, for Sweden, for example, has a very aging population. So a lot of uh, people wish to live independently in their homes for longer. So if they have this robot assistant that, for example, uh, keeps track of if they fell or if they are doing okay and informs their relatives and so on, this could be a good thing, right? And robots are good at this because they can 
perform repetitive tasks. And but for these robots to happen, it's still taking a, a really long time because you know the most common robots right now are vacuum cleaners and they do very specific tasks. So it will take a lot of years until we have a robot that can you know do as well as a human can do all sorts of tasks. They now are very good at very specific small things, and so it's not for people to worry about how these robots will take over us because they don't have that sort of like reasoning in their heads. Just to get a picture of uh, your everyday life and your work day, like what are you working with right now at Quotio? So I, I work with uh, motion planning. That's actually motion planning. Motion planning. That's, what is that? That's uh, putting the robots in motion and making them go where you want to go. Uh, want them to go. And I mean, um, you know, there are a lot of challenges to that. There is the dynamics of the robot. How do you model this? How, what's the specification? Where the robot should go? How it should compute? What what kind of, you know, actions it should take to go there? So these kind of things. So we are actually trying to make the robots autonomous. So we are trying to to come up with programs that will make the robots m- move autonomously yeah and back to the question in the beginning when you meet people and you say that you work with robots uh, have you also noticed that being a woman and working in this field is is that something that uh, people are also surprised to hear so actually social robotics is a very special subfield of the big robotics you know area Because there's, you know, this intersection between computer science, but also psychology and behavioral science and so on. So it's actually a quite um, fairly balanced gender um, in terms of uh, researchers. So it's not that strange. Um, For example, all the PhD students that I have right now are female. Um, But that's clearly not the case in all um, in the entire field. So I think in Jana's case, it's a little bit different. It's way different. All my PhD students are male. (laughs) And that's not because I would um, make such a choice. It's just uh, that it was the, you know, the ratio of the applications and that uh, the highest quality happened to be male. It's just the field that I would say interests more males than females for some reason. Um, and it's it's male-dominated, the whole robotics and, and especially these motion planning and, and control areas. Um, it is male-dominated. But we're trying to change that, how? actually. So, how? Uh, <laughs> how, how are you trying? <laughs> for example, Yane and I have been involved for two years now in this uh, KTH initiative to uh, try to bring more uh, females to apply to KTH, for example. It's called The Future Needs Giants. So we give talks, we bring robots on this day and the, the girls can just come and see that, you oh. know, robots are not only for guys, that uh, there's interesting problems and, uh, you know, there's a space for them as well. So this That's is cool. That that the... that is really cool because we had a girl who came up to us and said, "You know, I never thought about studying robotics. I always thought that it's you know just the sweaty guys and and the, the nerds and and but it looks cool. Maybe I should give it a shot." And that was that was magical. You know, if if you have one person like that uh, whose opinion you could have changed by doing this, it makes sense. But have you yourself experienced any any? sorts of discrimination b- being women in this uh, male-dominated f- field? Not discrimination, surprise, maybe. Um, not in Stockholm, 
back at home, you know, I I always recall when I go to like a dentist or you should you, or, you probably you, sh- you should uh, tell a little bit about your background. Where are you from? Yeah, I'm I'm from Czech Republic. I have been here for five years. Um, and so you can you can tell a difference between Czech Republic and Stockholm in terms of I would say in terms of perception of uh, whether it's surprising that I work in such an area. Yes, for sure. So in Czech Republic, it's always this um, feeling that uh, you know tech is not for girls. So whenever I I go anywhere, um, they ask me what I do, like the dentist or, or you know the hairdresser, chit chat. What do you do? And I say robotics or computer science. They're like, oh wow, that's so interesting. And you are a woman. And I'm like, so what? So here in Stockholm, I rarely get that. And you are a woman part. You know what I mean? It's Cute. so you do something cool, but it's not surprising. Why should it be surprising that you are a woman in robotics? This is something that the society I think perceives differently in those two countries. I think a lot of that has to do with um with uh, the way maternity leave is handled in Czech Republic. You get 2 to 4 years with a kid, meanwhile you get pregnant again, so it happens to many of my friends that they stay at home for 7 years in a row. Here I was back at work like 10 weeks after my daughter was born. 10 weeks? But that's yeah. not typi- typically Swedish. I'm not sure. <laughs> but there was the opportunity and I was supported from my work. I was supported from, you know, my husband and everyone. Yeah, so your husband took care of, of your... Yeah, I was I was yeah. like 50%. Yeah. But, uh, but still, it felt like I can do that. Nobody's judging me for that. And there is all the support that Stockholm offers you. All these open preschools that my husband can take the kids to and they have fun there. And yeah. And what are some of your experiences? Um, yeah, I think it's a little bit similar. Um, I was, I'm was i from Portugal, so I did my PhD in Portugal and everything. And then I was in the US for a few years also. And I can say that, yeah, definitely Stockholm, there's less of this. Oh, you are... Um, uh, work in this field and that's uh, typically dominated for actually our department is quite gender balanced in terms of faculty and PhD students kind maybe not so much but uh, we have very good role models and people that, uh, you know, represent robotics in Sweden um, that uh, are female so I think that also like, you know, opens the door for us and uh it's a, a good thing. Tell me more about those role um, models. So, for example, in our department, we have uh, Danita Kragik and Hedvig Chalström, and they're very strong in like robotics, computer vision, and um, so it's very good, I think, um, to to have those examples and to understand that well, we can go far, and it's not in the same way that the, you know the high school girls when they try to apply and they see other PhD students that are female mm. or other students that are female, they they. Feel there's a space for us and that could um, and like Jana said I think the fact that both mom and dad share the the leave for example that makes uh, Stockholm and Sweden a very special place in terms of like opportunities and so on so it's uh, yeah I I like also just the fact that uh, certain jobs like plumber and everything here you you see both female and uh, male taking those jobs or like bus driver which in some countries is not that common so i think that makes you know this idea of like what is a a male profession or a female profession kind of less separated or uh, but if we look in in the wider world are there many uh, women in in uh, your field i don't know if you were to 
give a percentage guess? Yeah, I think in general, robotics and artificial intelligence is still very male dominated because these things take years to, and not all the countries are, um, you know, offering all these opportunities or are so open minded mm -hmm. as Sweden. So, like I said, social robotics is special because there's also a lot of people from psychology and so on, but like in the robotics. Um, and com more um, computer science and so on. I think it's still quite male dominant, like other places in academia also. It, it's not only, you know, our fields. There's still this, uh, you know, most of the professors are male and it will take some years to, to change that um, and some actions also. Yeah, and it happens in other fields too, you yeah. know, even in fields where there is more female PhD students mm -hmm. than male PhD students, there is more male professors than female professors. It happens. It's it's not only about no. being in STEM. It's also about uh, being in leadership. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to the question of uh, robots taking over the the, the world, uh, or at least uh, taking over uh, jobs or the, the the fright or people are scared. What do you think? Being where you are, what's the perspective here? Are we going to start seeing policemen robots or doctors or...? I think what we are going to see way more is, uh, you know, like in the 70s or the 60s, everyone started having a computer and help them work and be more productive. We will have that, but with, you know, more uh, physically interactive uh, objects in our environment so these robots like what, are example? like robots like like, um, like a, uh, physically what's it going to look like uh, it depends on what it's supposed to to be doing like right so if it's a vacuum cleaner probably it's just gonna look like a the today robot vacuum cleaner zoo or maybe it will have some extra manipulators to be better at uh, you know cleaning the Finding, corners yeah. and so on but uh, i think the the main uh, um the, the way I envision the field is like these robots will support humans and will make them more productive or to have more free time for what they really want to do rather than, oh, they're going to steal everyone's jobs and so on. And, and of course, for the number of jobs that you take from these automated boring tasks, you get other jobs of people who have to, uh, you know, develop these <laughs> things. So it's not such a... Um, yeah, that's yeah. The thing so you get more jobs creating uh, industry for for robots. But uh, you you gave the example of the vacuum cleaner. Uh, do you have any any more examples of what we can? So autonomous cars, for example, right? Uh, we're seeing cities where already self-driving cars are happening, and uh, maybe yeah, taxi driver will be uh, some job that in the next ten years or so will start. Uh, not being a, a job for people, but actually that also, if all cars would be autonomous, it would be much more secure to, uh, and prob I think there are some estimates that it will cause less accidents and the road and so on. So that's, I think, something good. Um, but uh, Jana, you work more in this area, so maybe you can chip in and say um, something. Robotic warehouses. So there are warehouses. 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 So it's um it's a warehouse, but you have a bunch of robots moving around, and then they come under the shelf. Uh, they twist this platform a little bit. They lift the pallet, and then they bring it to to a person who picks up stuff and puts it in a box, and then they bring the pallet back to its spot or some different spot, because that warehouse can be dynamic and it can 
the, the things that you need more are closer to where you need them and so on. So this is something that is absolutely happening. They are also working on extending this to having manipulators that will pick it from the palette and put it in the box. So that, that is also robotics. But if we are talking more about we will have humanoids who will just move along us and do our jobs as we would do those jobs. And like in the be movies. Like, like in the movies. And they would be universal and everything. That's, for me, a future that I... That's so far I cannot see that future. It's very, very far. So all these robots, the successful applications, they will be uh, specific to purpose. I want to also ask you uh, when you first found out that you were interested in working in this field? It took a while for me. Um, I was interested in, in mathematics generally, theoretical computer science, and uh, I started working with robotics maybe uh, during my PhD. Yeah, I, I So started, it was nothing you dreamed of as a child? No, not really. I felt it's... Uh, I did not think I could do it, maybe. What, what made you change your mind? I experienced that I could do it, so I did it. So that's uh, that's that, right? I mean, there were people who helped me through. So there were people who just showed that they believe in me and, and that helped me a lot. So I was doing theoretical computer science, but then they were interested in applying those concepts in robotics and it worked out. And then I started thinking, why not? Why not to go deeper there and and do more? Because it's such an interesting field. Yeah, for me, it started during my master's. So my background is computer science as well. And we had this course on autonomous agents. So how to make uh, artificially autonomous agents and artificial intelligence and so on. And I had a very, um, you know, inspiring uh, teacher, which then happened to be my PhD advisor. And she was saying, oh, we just got these robots now and we want, uh, you know, master students to propose projects with these robots. So a colleague and I just proposed, oh, let's do one of these robots play chess with children. And um, uh, I worked on that during my master's thesis and I really liked it, this interaction between, you know, developing something, but it can actually interact with humans and uh what is it about it that you that you love so much uh i like you know of course the technical part of it like programming the behaviors and make something that actually you know feels lifelike and so on but then also just when you bring the robots to a school or to some chess club and and you see the kids faces and they're like wow and you know they actually get motivated to play chess more often they're so not like, like no are they going to take over the world no kids, no kids are not no. like that <laughs> and, and that's one of the great things of working with kids their preconceptions of robots and what a robot is is very different from uh, our perspective actually so they have all this open mind about uh, oh sure yeah there's another chess companion for me to like practice my moves so just seeing the you know, this effect on uh, people, I think it's uh, very rewarding for me. So that's one of the reasons that made me continue and uh, keep working and doing research in this field. One question that I maybe should have started this podcast with is how you ended up in Stockholm and at KTH. Um, I came for my postdoc first. Why Stockholm and why KTH? Um, it was the advisor who got me here. So um, he had a perfect project. It was a perfect fit at the time for me. So I was working in a particular area and he said, I want to do this for multi-agent systems. So not for just one robot, for, but for many, many robots at the same time. And I said, 
Yeah, it sounds cool. That sounds like the next step. I came to visit. I liked it. I, I stayed. It was. What were your ideas about Stockholm and Sweden before you moved here? I thought it's pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but but it felt boring like, in what way? Uh, it felt uh, it felt fairly uniform, and everything was just so nice and perfect that I felt like. Where are the you know where are the things that I can connect to in my home country in Czech Republic? There, are, um, you know, these little weird things that, that you, you like for them from being so weird and so imperfect. But here it was, it was different. And when you live here for a long time, you find how to appreciate all these things. What is it that you learn to appreciate? Um, the comfort of everyday life. Honestly, this is that I don't have to. I don't have to worry that uh, you know uh, I have support. My kid goes to kindergarten. I don't have to worry. I get to work by public transport. I don't have to worry. Um, all of these little things, how they just magically work by themselves in everyday life and in family life. This is super important. Things just work. Yeah, that was what exactly was in my mind. Things just work. You know, the bus is on time, and uh, you can rely on services and so on. So that's very good. Is it your first summer coming up? Ah, uh, no, my second. Oh, okay. So I arrived in January 2017. So I arrived in January. Everything was really dark. And kept getting better. So last year was amazing. And you know, there's this touristy phase where you move to a country and everything is new and you want to walk and discover all these different areas. And then the winter came, but now it's spring again. So <laughs> back to tourism. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, back to um... yeah. I should I should mention that one of one of the things that I was I was influenced a lot when I arrived is that I was in a in a long distance relationship. I was here on my own, so maybe that that uh, you know influenced the whole perception of how cool Stockholm is, and now everything is cooler that my husband is here. What are some of the female rock stars in the world of robotics? So we have one in our department, Danica Kragic, I would say. She's, uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, Danica Kragic? Yeah. Kragic. Kragic. In what ways is she? <laughs> She's really good, and she influences the field, I think. So that's, uh, I, I don't know, how, <laughs> how, how we, what do you mean by rock star in academia? <laughs> like you get invited to do all these things, and you, you know, get you your get own to stage, decide. You, get your, you get a lot of uh, attention. No, no, but but you the, get to influence where yeah. research goes next, and I think she at the point in her career that she does that. Then, I mean, she's one of them not only because what she does at work, but how she balances everything that she does. She has a hobby in, in clothing and she, she actually makes her own clothes. And, and this is something that you can really relate to and look up to, right? Uh, it's You can be a professional and you can be a mom and you can be a, a person with a hobby. And... Uh, yeah, she's amazing. And this, uh, the name of this podcast is uh, A Woman's Place. Mm. So my last question to you is, where is A Woman's Place to you? In the lab. <laughs> or, you know, it's where the woman wants to be, I think. So, yeah, that's A Woman's Place for me. Couldn't agree more. Thanks for uh, sharing your stories Thank you. and uh, thanks for listening. This has been a woman's place. Hey!